Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Sports Network Michigan State Podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Be sure to check us out on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Like the Facebook page, comment on that. Um, like, subscribe, rate, review, uh, whatever it is that you guys could do. I really appreciate it. Um, look, podcasting, when you rebrand, it's really hard to get into, uh, you know, the numbers that you want, but, uh, the last episode is one of our most listened to episodes, so I really appreciate that, guys, so continue to share, uh, y'all continue to share, uh, we start doing bigger things here, maybe I'll stop recording for my car on my way into work, and, uh, you guys can avoid some of that background noise that comes with that, so I really appreciate it, guys, uh, please keep it up, um, we will touch on basketball because let's face it, who, I mean, everyone's kind of looking forward to turning the page from this disastrous football season. It appears to be only getting worse. Justin White suspended. Um, he was going to probably fill that void as a reserve safety. Um, Nickelback with Angelo Gross out. Um, and he's now out as well. I think we're going to start seeing Chester Kimbrough again, guys. So, sorry about that. Um, Dylan Tatum and uh, Xavier Henderson are probably going to uh, be our safeties moving forward. And I don't think there's any depth behind them. So, that's very unfortunate for a team that's been terrible in pass coverage all year. And then you factor in the... Uh, Chris Bogle and Jeff Petrowski's injuries with Jacoby Winman now being out. Um, I think there's enough depth at linebacker, but there's not on the defensive end. And Brandon Wright is gone too. And I think that is going to change things ultimately. Um, you know, I feel like if it were Brandon Wright, maybe you just move Winman up to defensive end again and you bring in like Ben Van Sumer in or a guy like that. Um, play Aaron Brulé a little more. You know, do do those types of things. Obviously, Michigan State's not able to do that anymore. The, I'm sick of this story. I'm sick of this fight. I'm sick of the suspensions that are coming with it. And I'm sick of... Look, I'm, I'm not one of those people who's clamoring for Mel Tucker, saying Mel Tucker should be fired, or Mel Tucker's not a good coach because of XYZ. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say all that, but I'm disgusted that this university isn't calling out Ward Manuel for his bullcrap. Ward Manuel has been completely absent at the University of Michigan with everything that's gone on in his athletic program, in his history, in his time there. There's no institutional control whatsoever at the University of Michigan. And I'm, if I'm a player, I... I'm not saying I hit the transfer portal, but I'm looking at Tuck like, okay, we're suspending everybody, but, you know, this is what actually happened, and we still don't know. You see the video of uh, McBurrow skipping into the locker room. That's video A. Video C is him on the ground and then getting picked up and shoved out of the locker room by Tank Brown. And, obviously, there's some other uh, extracurricular stuff that goes on with that. And that's Video C. I don't know where Video B is. I don't know who initiated what. There's rumors floating around. Um, but, the, like, 
like I always say, man, those are just rumors, so we're not going to speak on those in full, but I find that hard to believe that Michigan's completely innocent in all of this. Obviously, they initiated the situation, but the fact remains that Ward Manuel is unwilling to do anything about that. He's unwilling to do anything about this tunnel where there's been incidents three times in the last 11 months. He's unwilling to do anything about his hockey program that dealt with a handful of Title IX uh, issues, among plenty of other things. Um, he didn't do anything when Michigan State tra- or excuse me, when Michigan trashed the Michigan State locker room uh, during the Devin Bush game. He didn't do anything to Devin Bush, and look, all the pictures of Devin Bush yelling and stuff—that's not at the football team. That's at somebody's grandmother who was one of the turf people. I don't know what her official title was. He's unwilling to do anything about that. He's unwilling to do anything about Juwan Howard slapping coach. He's unwilling to do anything about Musa Diabate throwing hands. But he has... He has the guts to come out here and tell Alan Haller and Mel Tucker how to do their jobs when he can't even do his. He can't even keep his football coach around. His football coach doesn't even want to be there. And so I'm, and I think the combination of all of that is what makes me completely sick to my stomach over this, is the fact that Michigan State isn't calling out Michigan. Look, if you have Penn State doing it already, Ohio State already kind of did already kind of mentioned it uh, last year uh, when there was this I don't want to say scuffle because scuffle involves um, a little bit more uh, physical contact than what went on during the Ohio State Michigan stuff because that was just a ton of jawing Um, but Ohio State already did something look that's that's your three power brokers outside of the University of Michigan Those are the best teams in the Big Ten consistently, even though Michigan State's been up and down. But, I mean, they're more trustworthy than anybody in the Big West or Big Ten West. So, you have all three of those teams with something against Michigan right now. And I think you have an opportunity to pin it on Michigan. And I'm not saying you completely you know, excuse some of the actions that took place because that's not the case. And I've said that a million times and people are still misconstruing what I say, but that's because they're Walmart Wolverines and they just want to take, they just want to take bits and pieces of what I'm saying, misconstrue it and make me out to look like somebody who endorses the violence. I don't. Unless Michigan threw hands first, (laughs) in which case they had what's coming to them, but we don't know that. Like I said, Video B is missing. So I'm just disgusted by the entire situation. I'm disgusted by the fact that Michigan's not doing anything about their players that instigated the entire thing. Do they deserve season-long suspensions like the Michigan State players? Um, Based upon the information that we have right now, absolutely not. But is there other information out there that could potentially lead to that? Absolutely. So, look, we'll, we'll continue to update the, on uh, these things, but look, the 
Jacoby Winman thing's brutal because there is no pass rush at Michigan State. And this is just going to take away from it even more. So, not like uh, Scotty Hazleton used Jacoby Winman to uh, put pressure on uh, J.J. McCarthy in the last game, but whatever. But this would be a situation where they would probably push him over to defensive end again and uh, use your depth at linebacker because you do have talented linebackers who are probably more suited for a 4-3, but you haven't given them a chance since you benched them when you were running your nickel package. So the whole th- the whole thing is out of control, and look, I, I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, Tucker's a terrible coach, Tucker's this and that, but he's not being a good coach right now. And I think you've got to start supporting your guys. Again, not the violence and everything that took place. Don't condone that if you're the coach. But you have an opportunity to put it on Ward Manuel and the University of Michigan because, like I said, this isn't the first time it's happened, and it's not going to be the last. And when I say that, I'm not just talking about this rivalry. I'm talking about just U of M in general. Uh, They're going to continue to do these types of things to opponents that pose a PR threat to them. And what I mean is, well, everybody likes to talk common stuff and all of that. But you've heard Michigan players after the game. You've heard them before the game. You've seen things from the anti-Semitic tweets to J.J. McCarthy saying, oh, we're going to murder him. I mean, obviously not verbatim, but he, he was talking about, oh, we want to dominate him, we're going to humiliate him, we're not going to lose. Um, just that type of trash talk that you don't hear in East Lansing. And while that stuff's refreshing, at the same time, you have a responsibility to your players, and you owe it to them to stick up for the team. You've suspended eight players. There's another uh, guy, I don't know if he's a retro freshman, I don't know if he's a walk-on. I'm not sure if he's just buried so deep on the bench, I don't know who he is. But there was another guy who was suspended in addition to White, Brown, and Winman last night. And I think that's where I'm sick of it, is Michigan is every bit as culpable as Michigan State in this regard. Like I said, you've got to you've got to rein it in, you, and you have to start throwing counter punches because I'm I'm sick of Michigan State being crapped on and having to be the uh, responsible party in all of this because it's not just them. You can go look at the history of U of M over the past few years since Ward Manuel's been in charge and Jim Harbaugh's been at the helm. That program has been it's been just a bunch of unruly garbage they won but they haven't done it with class and maybe it's just because they're not used to winning but that's how it is with them and this is why everybody hates your school by the way yeah there's more, there's a ton of more Michigan fans than there are Michigan State fans across this country, and they're one of probably the bigger fan bases in America. 
<coughs> excuse me, they're probably one of the bigger fan bases in America, but the second you hit the, uh, you know, not the biggest fan, but the second you hit the uh, smallest fan and you go to that next person, everybody in the country hates your freaking school. So, and this is why. Just all of the incidents in Sword Manual and Jim Harbaugh have taken over. Uh, look, it's just too frequent. You know, stuff like this is going to happen. You can't control every individual player. I get it. Donovan and Edwards tweet something anti-Semitic. You know what? That probably won't be... That, that would probably be a big deal. Um, if it were... It probably wouldn't be as big of a deal if it were the only thing that happened over the last couple of years. But it's not the case under Ward Manuel. It's not the case under Jim Harbaugh. So, you know what? Th this is on Tucker and Haller. They need to eventually start throwing a counterpunch. If they know something that we don't know, then awesome. In regard to what they're going to do, how they're going to... Uh, move forward, how they're going to address this, and if, uh, I mean, if they're going to accuse Michigan of anything, which I think they have the full right to do. So, that's, that as far as football is concerned, look, I'll try to break down an Illinois game later in the week, depending uh, how much more of this stuff breaks comes out, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm turning to basketball because this sucks, and I'm sick of dealing with it, and I'm sick of talking about it, and I'm sick of the rivalry in general, I'm sick of the University of Michigan, that'd be fine if Michigan State packed up and went to the ACC or Big 12, I really don't care at this point, and the rivalry, y'all can keep Paul, <laughs> I'm out, I'm out, I'm done, I'm done with it, um, Last night, Michigan State down by five to Grand Valley at halftime. Uh, kind of just wanted to throw this season in the trash. But here, here's the thing you got to remember: is this Michigan State team completed with a good, competed with a good Tennessee team uh, the other day in a close scrimmage? Um, you're still missing maybe your second best player. Yeah, I know he's going to come off the bench. Uh, he might be sixth man of the year in the Big Ten. And Jay Nakins. And so you have the, so you're missing that guy. Um, you saw Traywan Holloman. He had an okay game. He he doesn't force stuff, which is a huge issue normally for uh, freshman point guards come in, and especially ones who look their role is probably going to be decreased moving forward. It was a smaller rotation for Tom Izzo compared to what we're used to seeing. I know a lot of y'all right now are. Uh, ready to go to church this next Sunday and thank God for that and uh, sing some hallelujahs but <laughs> look Jackson Kohler he's about what we expected Mady Sissoko got lost on defense that's not a good sign a few times but his offensive game improved so if he can find that balance to where he's at least in the right position defensively then that's good. All five starters scored in double figures. A.J. Hogarth had a bunch of turnovers. Not good, but I still think he's going to be one of the better players in the Big Ten. Might be the best point guard 
in the conference, especially if his shot continues to fall. Um, we saw him hit a few threes last night. And look, Michigan State wanted it in the end. They didn't want it in the beginning. They're the be- they're the better team. And when you look at a scrimmage against Tennessee, when you look at the schedule, which you know you've got Kentucky, you've got Alabama, you've got Gonzaga, you've got I don't know North Carolina and Oregon may sneak in there. When you have the schedule that you have, and you're this Michigan State team, and you just played Tennessee, who is also a good team, and you competed uh, with them, like I said, without one of your best players, and I know it was closed scrimmage, and there weren't any, or many media personalities there, there weren't a lot of... uh, well, there weren't any fans. Very uh, COVID-like scrimmage. When you compete with Tennessee on the road, and you're without, like I said, potentially your second best player in Jaden Akins, that's a good sign. And I'm going to take more out of that, especially given Michigan State's schedule, than I am out of a exhibition game that falls between the start of the season, which is... Uh, which is obviously one of, excuse me, Michigan State's weaker games in Northern Arizona. Um, that falls between the start of the season and that Tennessee game, and the potential look-ahead spots with uh, the quality opponents that Michigan State will be playing this year in the non-conference. So, I, I'm still excited about this team. Obviously, there's some flaws. There's things that they need to work on, especially in the post defensively. But overall, this is a this is still a quality team. The guards are really, really good, and they might be even better with Aikens. Um, when you throw Aikens into the mix, Holloman's a good rebounder. Pierre Brooks is a good rebounder. Um, Hall as a three might be a better rebounder than he is from the four spot. Those, those are the types of uh, things that I'm excited about. So, you, you'll be able to get more rebounds, which will allow you to push the break a little bit more. The break wasn't good last night, um, you know, and it's, oh, well, Michigan State didn't do this well against the Division Two team like Grand Valley, and it's like, Look, there's reasons for that. They sent guys back. They didn't all, uh, you know, they didn't they didn't all crash. And so there there's other things where Grand Valley is also trying to accommodate to try to make the to try to get a win. And uh, you know that takes away like Gonzaga's going to crash probably a little bit harder than what Grand Valley did, which means you've got to box out better. And so when you're able to get guys like Akins and Brooks, who are good rebounding guards, Trayvon Holloman, good rebounding guard, A.J. Hogard isn't bad from the point guard spot. When you have those guys making the plays necessary, um, those little things like getting on the glass and playing that lockdown defense, which you saw from Tyson Walker, which you saw from Hogard. You know, yeah, they gave up points because they're college kids and they're not perfect. But they they did a good job on uh, the perimeter defense. And so 
I'm I'm excited about that in that regard. I think uh, I think they'll be just fine. Um, still excited about this season. Yes, things didn't go as swimmingly as we thought or we were hoping was going to happen. But, like I said, it's an exhibition game that falls in between, you know, a scrimmage against a good Tennessee team on the road and maybe the toughest non-conference schedule in the history of college basketball, potentially. So... That's where I stand as far as that goes. I'm not going to, you know, start throwing in a towel or shaking in my boots or start thinking, man, we don't have football or basketball or anything like that. Um, it's just one of those things where, yes, this may potentially, as far as wins and losses go especially, be a weaker year for the Spartans. But I think they'll still be a quality enough team where, hey, maybe they can make some noise in the tournament. And so we'll see how all that goes. Obviously, we'll break it down. As uh, the season starts, coming up soon, um, looking forward to that. We'll have an Illinois breakdown later this week. Everybody's out. It's up to Peyton Thorne, Keon Coleman, and Jane Reed to do it all, which has been the case the entire year anyway, so that doesn't look good for Michigan State. But, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll break all that down moving forward again, guys. Hey, I really appreciate the support on the last episode. Please keep this up. Please share the content. I really appreciate it. I am Tyler Hayward. This is Great Lakes Sports Network, Michigan State Podcast.